So, I think this is going to be kind of a test episode. Typically, the show uh, thus far has been kind of diving into and exploring and learning about whatever weird little oddity or uh, curiosity that pops into my feed or, or, or that I run across in my personal life. And kind of just like peeling back the layers and, and learning a little bit about it and, and satisfying a curiosity, if you will. But I also kind of wanted to use this podcast to just talk and share my thoughts from time to time. And I've been wondering when I was going to get around to doing this. And I think maybe maybe, maybe this is that episode. <sighs> so something has been stuck in my head since yesterday. And it's been kind of breaking my heart and also exciting me in, the, in equal measure. And I, think I, I guess I just, I just need to talk it out. I went to lunch yesterday with Gavin and Eric. Two business partners, obviously. We, we run a podcast together. I mean, coworkers, friends, best friends. Gavin's practically my life partner at this point. And I don't know when the last time the three of us went to lunch. I don't know if the three, that specific combination, the three of us have ever gone to lunch together. It might have happened in the past, but I can't remember a specific time. And I can't remember the last time Gavin and I got lunch together, which seems odd. We had a great time. We just ate burgers and shot the shit and joked around. And uh, it was it was weird. It was kind of like the old days, which is a theme that's been coming up for me a lot lately, the old days, in good ways. And, uh, you know, there wasn't really an agenda or anything. It wasn't really... There was no purpose behind it other than to just kind of catch up and, and just spend some time together. We, we are kind of ratcheting up the amount of work that we're all going to be doing with uh with the podcast and so i just want to start being around each other more you know we've all basically been i've been working from home since the pandemic and while it's been awesome and it has afforded me the opportunity to do things like explore this podcast uh which i probably never would have done otherwise and anma is a result of it and face is actually a result of it which is you know what an awesome thing to come out of such a horrible, horrible time. I feel very fortunate that I have something like that to look back on and, and know that it, it, you know, it exists. <laughs> it exists because of the pandemic. It really does. If it weren't for COVID, there probably wouldn't be a face. It wouldn't be what it is, that's for sure. But after lunch was over, Gavin hopped in my car and we went back to my house to uh, do some computer work together. He was going to help me install something on my computer. And we were both joking in the parking lot as we, were, as we were pulling out about how much fun that was and how much we laughed. And Gavin said, it uh, seems really stupid that we haven't been doing that for the last six years. It's a lot of wasted opportunity. And that felt so good to hear because it was, it was said with a tremendous amount of love and honesty and i realized how you forget how much you matter to people and they matter to you sometimes you, you just forget how strong bonds can be and um and it made me just feel very very lucky that i have someone this special in my life that i care this much about and who cares this much about me who uh, i get to be so creatively aligned with and i i get to spend share so much of my career and friendship and life with, right? And at the same time, it kind of broke my heart because it's my fault that we haven't 
been getting lunch together for the last six years. Um, it's certainly no fault of Gavin's. And uh, I just, you know, I'm on the other side of some stuff. And it took me, it took me a long time to get there. Um, kind of all around the same time, I, I got sober. This is a little over six years ago. I got sober. And then I went through a separation and eventually a divorce. Um, a lot of tumult in the career, the pandemic, some other really difficult personal things uh, that happened in my life with my family. And uh, in the course of that, I, uh, I did something that my therapist refers to as siloing, where I kind of walled myself off from everybody in my life with the exception of my daughter and eventually Emily. And I, I knew I was doing it at the time. And unfortunately it was something that I, I really felt like I needed to do, felt like I had to do to get my head straight, to figure my life out and to honestly kind of protect myself. I was in an incredibly, incredibly, emotionally raw and uh delicate state for a long time you know i don't talk a whole hell of a lot about how hard it was to quit drinking but it wasn't easy and uh i lived in a world of bar culture austin is a city that prides itself on its drinking and bar culture it's one of the things that made me fall in love with it and it's uh Certainly a thing that I clearly had too much <laughs> I had too much of, which is why I needed to to quit. Uh, and the only only way I can I, I don't understand like I don't have moderation installed in my brain. And so, uh, you know, I obviously had to quit cold turkey, but it's hard enough, I think, anywhere, but kind of hard in a place. I feel like it's an added degree of difficulty to do it in a place where um you know, where like 90% of society uh, exists socially in bars and around drinking. I mean, that's most of the world, honestly, but I feel like it's, you know, Austin takes it to another level and they're good at it. And so it just became really hard to be out in public. It became hard to be around people. And, and then, um, you know, I had a lot to think about. I had a lot to figure out. I was at a crossroads in my life in a lot of ways. And I was feeling I mean, this is something this is something that they don't often talk about. Or maybe people do. I don't know. Maybe people talk about it all the time and I'm not listening. But something that I don't often hear about is one of the side effects when you get sober from your addiction or when you hopefully you begin the process of breaking that addiction is you uh you're not only dealing with the the chemical need and the the social need and the familiarity of it uh and, and all of the things that pull you to it, it becomes, it's a coping mechanism, right? It's how I dealt with all of my problems. It's how I dealt with none of my problems. It's how I avoided all of my problems. And when that crutch goes away, you're forced to confront every single thing you were hiding from. And I don't know what it's like for all alcoholics, but... At some point, you're drinking because you're miserable, 
and then you're miserable because you're drinking. And when it gets to that point, it is a, it is a two-headed snake that's eating itself. And it's almost impossible to pull out of. At least it, it was almost impossible for me to pull out of. Um, I, I, also, I also don't talk a lot about how quit, when I quit drinking, it wasn't the first time I quit drinking. I was like maybe the fifth or sixth time. And I had failed many times before. And uh, I think a lot of people lost faith in me in that process, which really hurt. And I had to kind of prove myself and them wrong, uh, which is, you know, was a good motivator. It was a damn good motivator. But anyway, so you're, you're faced with this rush of like, oh, right. These are all the reasons. These are all the things that I've been drinking away for the last decade or two decades. And now I have to not only uh, face them, but kind of face them all at once in an onrush of emotion and, and recognition. You know, the fog lifts because if you've ever been seriously addicted, you will understand that it, you are living in a fog. You know, you, you really are. And it's the, it's the, the clearest way I can explain it. And, and when, when you get off of the thing, you get it out of your system, that goes away. And the world, it's like you're, you're hit. It's like seeing color for the, it's like when black and white movies transition to color, it is like, it is vibrant and vivid and everything is extra alive in really good and horrible ways. <laughs> you know, like you see everything so vividly and so clearly, which can be great when you see things like the love of your child and your family members. Uh, and can be terrible when you see uh, who you are and, and the, the mistakes that you've made and the things, and, you, and you're really forced to look at the person you've become, I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so in that process, I had to spend a lot of time by myself. I, uh, I spent every, I would get off of work. So when I lived downtown, I would get off of work. If I didn't have Millie, if I had Millie, it was a different story. But on the weeks I didn't have Millie, I would get off of work and I would go home and I'd be at my apartment by like 7 p.m. And uh, I would grab a soda and uh, maybe a bite to eat, a banana or a hot pocket or something. And then I would start walking. And I would just go downstairs and I would walk downtown. And I would walk from maybe 7.30 until 11 or 12 at night. Some nights later. Some nights not as late. And I would just think. And I would play scenarios through in my head. I would, I would try to draw the line out in every direction. I would try to, like, you know, you, you kind of wake up and you, you're in this place. And another difficult thing in a divorce is you 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 build plans together and, and you have a trajectory you know if it, hopefully that you're you're headed down and you're all on the same train headed in the same direction and you but you, you know what that direction is you've got long-term plans you've got the end figured out you just have to navigate the train there right you just have to get there and when a relationship ends in a lot of ways that ends too and i was in addition to you know, having to take a hard look at myself in my 40s and understand sobriety and how to, how to navigate that and friendships that were tied very heavily to drinking and drinking culture and just a life that was tied very heavily to drinking and drinking culture. And then, you know, also realizing now that my roadmap has changed. It's not even changed. It's just gone, you know, like my roadmap's gone, which is awesome and terrifying. You know, the future becomes completely unwritten uh, if you're somebody who likes to have a plan like me and who is very plan oriented, uh, that can be 
terrifying, but it's also liberating, right? You like suddenly, you know, the you can do whatever you want, but that takes a lot of it takes a lot of introspection, a lot of thought, a lot of sitting down and and really looking at your life and where you've been and where you are and where you're going potentially where you maybe you want to go and more importantly probably where you don't want to go and um that's all to say that it took me 3 or 4 years of of kind of being a hermit and living that and also meeting and falling in love with my 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 new girlfriend now fiance and strengthening that relationship and she she really helped me come out of uh, my shell and and get healthy again it was it was something that my my therapist and I talked about at length, which was, you know, it's okay and healthy to do this in, in small measure, but at some point it becomes its own crutch and it becomes debilitating and you can't allow yourself to, to do that. You have to like, you have to use it while it's appropriate and do it while it helps and then get out of it and break the habit before it becomes a habit, right? Before it becomes something uh, that, that puts you on a regressive path. Let me say, I'll say. And uh, I, I've, I've done that now. I guess this is just a long and rambling way of saying that uh, I'm sorry to the friendships in my life and the relationships in my life that have suffered in, this, in the process of me getting my shit together. And I, I'm so happy to be where I am. And I'm so happy to get... I'm so happy to be working more with Gavin and, and, and Eric and Andrew and my friends and, and Gus and, and everybody, I, I, I feel like we're ramping back up production and things are kind of picking up and, and getting up to a, there's a crescendo building and I'm really enjoying it and I'm really happy to be here. And uh, I'm really, really sad about those lost lunches and hangout sessions with the people that matter to me. And I, uh, I understand that I that it was necessary to go through what I went through and I just I just hope I just hope those people in my life understand and uh, and 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 can forgive me because I am truly sorry for the friendships that I let languish in that in the process of of getting healthy um, the, let me tell you I couldn't be prouder to have them and I couldn't be more excited and I couldn't feel more loved than when, uh, than when I get into a car after laughing for two and a half hours with two of my best friends and, and to know that there's more on the horizon. Anyway, I guess that's what I wanted to talk about today. All right. All right.